Welcome to Opening the Door Podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today, you'll hear a conversation I had with Bree. Bree shares so many great snippets of wisdom and some new topics that we haven't explored on the podcast yet, like alchemy, which was really fun to learn about and cool. Also, toward the end of the episode, you'll hear Bree ask me some questions. So that was a fun moment of the script flipping a little bit, which I didn't expect, but of course, it was very welcome and a great add-on to this episode. Enjoy. Today, we're welcoming Bree to Opening the Door podcast. Bree is a captivating and spiritual soul with many talents. Beyond being a content creator, they are always seeking knowledge in various areas of life, such as fitness, personal development, herbalism, psychology, and overall wellness. Bree uses their platform to document their personal growth and blossoming to inspire and connect with others. They are also a talented card reader and astrologer. While a novice, their skills go beyond that. Welcome, Bree, to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So excited to have you on today and just chat through your spiritual journey. I loved just, you know, talking to all different people about what their spiritual journeys are like because everybody is is so unique to them. And I think everybody just has such great snippets of knowledge and, and wisdom to share with everybody. So really excited to get into it with you today. Yeah, I'm super excited as well. So let's start with just your general journey. Where did it start and how did you get to where you are today in your practice? Okay, well, (laughs) it started in 2017. So I was mentally and physically ill at that time. And I was just looking for alternative methods for healing. I was trying to break the cycle of illness in my family. My mother passed away in 2015. So that really left like a lot of damage on me and it manifested physically as illness for me. I didn't know it at the time, but that's what um, was going on. So I discovered like people like Dr. Sevi, manifestation, alchemy, herbalism, pretty much all of that. And I kind of just went into this rabbit hole (laughs) where I found it. I also had friends who were like on their spiritual journey as well. So I wasn't completely there yet. I was kind of like dabbling around and they were just waiting for me to find that one piece of information. (laughs) And it wasn't until like I used to smoke a lot. So like during the time, like I smoked a lot and I had like a codependency on like weed and everything. So I would just go outside after work and just smoke and like meditate outside. I didn't know I was meditating. Once again, I was doing all this stuff. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And I guess at one point I either like grained out. I don't know if it was that or kind of just like I had like an ego death outside where I was just sitting there just listening to Janae Aiko's trip album. And she actually tuned it to like certain frequencies. I think that had something to do with it. That is so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, I just had like this little moment where I just felt connected to everything. And it was just a moment of just clarity and peace. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? And I just kept feeling all these answers of all the questions I had within. And from there, I just kept researching the internet, like what just happened to me? What was this experience? (laughs) That is really cool. I, I love what you said about sort of not knowing what you were doing. I, I can totally relate to that. Like I was definitely using psychic tools before I even knew that that was right. what I was doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people 
I think that that happens to a lot of people. If we find these sort of coping mechanisms or just like things that we feel work for us, whether it's meditation or like, I don't know, like it's, yeah, I think that that is such a cool thing. Like we sort of intuitively already know how to sort of reach inside of ourselves and and get to that. And then when you, when it matches with the consciousness, that's when it becomes really cool. Right. So exactly. You're like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this this whole time. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So that, that is really cool. So what I will say is it sounded like you, yeah, like you had a really cool meditation experience where you got like an incredible download and what, where do you, so I guess my question coming off of that is like, where do you think that download came from? Do you think it was like your higher self, your guides? Like what, what do you think you were tapping into in that moment? So I have theories because I don't know for sure. So my original theory was like, is it like an ancestor? Is it a guide? Because the first thing that I saw was like this older woman who kind of seemed like a medicine woman. And it was kind of like she was just bringing me through this journey. And I was just seeing like all types of shapes. And I ended up looking up sacred geometry and it was all of that and numbers. And I'm just like, what is happening? And it's kind of like she didn't say anything. It's just I felt knowing. So like every question that like I asked. And she was guiding me. So I don't know if it was like an ancestor, if it was just like me and like a past life, it was like a past life thing. I don't know for sure. And maybe one day I will find out, but you know, I'm still curious. That is also one of the things that I find really interesting. And I sort of love about the spaces and you're just, you're doing it right now, like being okay with not exactly knowing, like not knowing the exact answer, but there's so much so much knowledge still. And yeah, I just, I love that. I think that's super cool. So what, when did, so when you decided to sort of pursue this spiritual path, where did you start? So I guess I started by just looking up what I just saw and some of the things that came up during I don't know if it's called like a vision or whatever type of experience it was. So I started with like sacred geometry. And then from there, I looked up gematria. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm familiar with that. So it's pretty much like you're substituting numbers for letters in the Hebrew, Hebrew alphabet. That's what I found out. But like, that's what I was like seeing in this little experience. And I'm like, what is it? And that's what I discovered. Um, just looking at different types of YouTubers, it was like 2017. So like spirituality wasn't really big just yet, but it was starting to get there. So I had some options when it came to like looking at different YouTube channels, like Lucid Living TV, Della the Pilot Man. I don't even know if they still make content anymore, but like <laughs> just looking at that alchemy, Manly P. Hall, Israel Regardi, Hermeticism, I ended up looking through that. And then also the works of Carl Jung. I always go back to that. I just yeah. started just looking at everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. And yeah. I think sometimes there, there can be that feeling of you're like, oh my gosh, I want to learn everything at once. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and so it can be kind of overwhelming, but I think like something that could be helpful is yeah, like looking at everything and then finding mm-hmm. little snippets of things that are really interesting to you. Yeah. Just finding the answers that I'm looking for. That's yeah. my thing. I can look at everything, but like I have a purpose as to why I'm looking at everything. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what are, what are your, some of your favorite like divination tools to use that, that speak to you the most? Right now, tarot and what I guess astrology you can use it as a divination tool as well um I like tarot because it's kind of like a help desk for your spiritual journey as you're going through everything I kind of see life as like a video game (laughs) 
when you have tarot, it's kind of like that little question mark that you hit and they're just like, oh, just go this way. And it gives you that guidance. And like astrology is like your map and your guidebook to your human experience. Mm, yeah. So those are my two things right now. I want to get into other stuff, just not right now. My focus is like school right now, but down the road, I do want to get into like palmistry and different types of Eastern divination practices as well what so for tarot what are some of your what are some of your favorite ways to use it do you feel like you use it daily and I know you do readings for other people but so for your for your own self how how do you find yourself using tarot and and astrology in your daily monthly yearly life so it's changed recently So I had this issue where I kind of just got lost in tarot and I focused more on like learning so much about tarot that I I forgot what it was for. It's a tool, like you said. So I had to come back to that. So I use it weekly now. I'll just do a three card spread, just talking about the week. I don't do daily anymore because it's just too much. You know, I kind of just like not knowing sometimes and Mm -hmm. just going through life. And maybe like if I have a question or I'm about to do a video or create some content, I'll pull a card for that. Like what kind of subjects should I speak about? But yeah, I don't use it as much um, as I used to, but that's about it. What about you? Yeah. You know, great question. I love, I love you flipping the, flipping it around on me. (laughs) I, one of my first, what the first thing that I bought when I was sort of dabbling in this space was a tarot deck but I actually find myself a lot more drawn to one like channeling messages through meditation so like using myself as the tool almost and Mm -hmm. then I have an oracle deck that I really love using and that I feel like really speaks to me so I'm loving the oracle deck right now I feel like it has a really sassy energy which I really like which is is just really fun to work with so I like I like sort of working through with like guides or my higher self through the cards. I think that can be really fun, but yeah, tarot. I I really like what you said about sort of getting lost in it, because I think when we jump into this space and there's so much to learn, like we mentioned before, and you're playing with a tarot deck or whatever, like a pendulum or whatever other divination Mm -hmm. tool that you want to use, it can be really tempting to pull cards every day or to like tap in every day and there's nothing wrong with tapping in every day but like you said sometimes it's like just nice to not know and just sort of like go with the flow rather than trying every day to pull I don't know do you know what I mean like to to pull some sort of message through you know it kind of like shows that you don't trust yourself for the journey because you're so reliant on it yeah Mm, yeah yeah, like let's trust our tools, but let's trust ourselves first. And I think there's yeah. so much merit and importance in doing that. So I love that you mentioned that because it can be really can be really easy to sort of get lost in the sauce in the first, you know, when you're stepping into different tools. So yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something in your Instagram bio that I was looking at the other day is it says you are a radiant lover of darkness and light. And I really love that. I think that's really cool. And I wanted you to sort of get into that. Can you explain that a little bit more and what it means to work within your darkness and your light? Yes. First of all, you were the first person to ask me that after all these years of being on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, oh my gosh, it made me happy. Okay. So Finally, I get a chance to explain. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And we all want to hear it. I'm so excited. 
Yes. So pretty much like darkness and light is like yin and yang energy, like the masculine and feminine principle and just appreciating both sides of it, kind of like your esoteric and then your exoteric journey doing both so like the esoteric is like finding the god within and exoteric is finding the god in the world around you and like finding balance within that so like with darkness it would be like your feminine unconscious qualities and like astrology your first through sixth house and also like you know your shadow self and all of that and you know that thing and then like the light is going to be like your more conscious qualities your interpersonal relationships and then like you know the relationship with the world around you so like your seventh and twelfth houses and yeah for me a big part of my journey is just finding a balance in both like I don't know how familiar familiar you are with astrology but like I have an interrupted house with my first and seventh house Mm. so like a big part of my journey is just finding balance between myself and then like my relationships and like the world around me which is really hard that's why I put that in my bio (laughs) I love that and I love the way you describe the darkness and the light because I feel like the way you describe it is so much less scary I think people I don't know. I think a lot of society is like, we're really obsessed with like the light, right? Mm -hmm. Living in the light or like being love and light and all that stuff. And like, that is great. But we, I think there's really a call worldwide right now to start observing our, like our shadow self and the parts of us that might be just like a little bit darker. And the way that you just explained that is so unscary. And I just absolutely love that because yeah, there's this sort of fear of dabbling in any any sort of thing that might be considered a little bit darker but yeah I just absolutely love the way that you described that so what are some of the things that you do or have done to help yourself like access both of those things and and balance them yeah so it's going back to when I was studying hermeticism at the beginning and that's the law of polarity So understanding that the world is dualistic and everything has its opposites. So you can't have light without darkness because, you know, it's just all going to be light. And then like you can't have darkness without light, you know, because it creates a shadow. And what the law of polarity says is that both of those are half truths. They're both pieces to a puzzle. In order to like fully understand something, you have to actually accept both of them to get the full picture. And I think that can be hard to do sometimes, right? Wow. Yeah. I just love that. I, there, when you were saying that something popped into my head, like I, I must've been listening to a podcast earlier today because that sounded so, I don't know, or maybe I'm just having a weird deja vu moment, but that just like sounded so familiar to me. Like when you said it, it was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Of course, you know, and I'm just like trying to think like, well, what was I going to say? Because yeah, like the acknowledgement of both of those things because it's like this it's like in any type of thing like you said you like to study psychology like when you when we stuff feelings down and don't acknowledge them like it it's only gonna get worse I feel like it's sort of the same yeah you know the same thought process is like if we don't acknowledge our shadow or this any like sort of you know like darker part of us then it's like Mm -hmm. it's only gonna grow or like you know it's not as controllable or or, yeah and like a big part of shadow work is just understanding those qualities and those origins and you know that's when the inner child work comes in that's when you start thinking about like those past experiences programming because it's like you know the way that our society is there's so much that's been programmed into our head that becomes shadow parts of ourselves because the way that the world is a lot of us aren't meant to live in that sort of structure 
which causes a lot of shadow traits within us. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just us either owning it or just trying to change the behavior so it works for us. Keeping on sort of this type of light and darkness subject, what are some things that we can do to sort of break, as I mentioned before, like there's a little bit of a stigma we want to call it that around like working with darkness what are some things that we can do to break away from that stigma let's see so I think just understanding that everybody has darkness in them that's just it's just our nature and it's not necessarily a bad thing you know there's some dark traits that can actually serve you you know like for example I have a really bad habit of being selfish which is something that I need to work on and it's like to the point where like I don't realize it and it took me 26 years to be like, you know what, this is not a good trait to have, you know, this is actually being selfish. And there's times when it helps me, you know, especially like in my spiritual journey, where I'm able to just, you know, shut everything out and just focus on myself. But at the same time, you know, it has negatives as well. So I think there's like a time and place for everything. And I think that's part of the integration process as well. It's just like not being like, oh my gosh, I'm a bad person because of these shadow traits, but just saying like, this is what it is, you know, don't judge yourself. And we can either go to therapy, you know, talk to somebody and just figure it out. So, you know, just being very objective with it, I would say, instead of subjective and adding those emotions to it, you know, emotions are going to come out. I'm not saying like, you know, don't push them away, but you know what I'm saying? Yes, being able to sort of take that step back and observe yourself from just like a little bit of a third person yeah. point of view or something and be like, okay, this is who I am. Exactly. You know, yeah, <laughs> I definitely know what you're saying. For yes. sure, for sure. Yeah. So one of the other things that I ask a lot of people is um, when you sort of came into this spiritual part of yourself and, you know, you're sort really starting to like learn about new things and be on the spiritual journey. Did you tell your family about it? Have they been like accepting of like, so what, what was that experience like for you? And you had mentioned that you had friends on the same path. So I think that's mm-hmm. great that you were able to have, you know, some friends who were going through it right. too, but have you talked to your family about it? How your views have changed or anything like that? No. <laughs> simple. Yeah. No, I don't really... I know it doesn't seem like it because like I'm online and everything, but I don't really talk about my personal life in real life at all. And, you know, it's something that I'm working on, you know, those shadow traits that we just mentioned, but like, yeah, I don't really talk about what goes on in my life to people around me. But like, if I get online, I'm like, Hey, everybody, this is what's going on in my journey. (laughs) I know. Isn't that so funny? I I kind of felt the same way, like for a long time while I a few of my family members knew that I was taking you know psychic or mediumship classes but I hadn't told really my my parents or anything and then I got online I started doing this podcast and was like posting like you on Instagram and I was like but it's so weird like I I was willing to share with the whole wide internet Mm -hmm. but telling people in your personal life feels a lot different yeah because it's like you're talking to strangers and you're and like online you're not going to see them they can either just like click off or you know they can say a rude comment but you could just delete it it doesn't matter versus like in life you're kind of just stuck there you know right yeah you sort of like the relationship with like parents or siblings or stuff is valued in a really different way than yeah just some random guy on the internet who decided that they don't like you you know (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah well don't ever say anything no I think no that is totally fine and you know what I I love that answer because I think 
you know, it just, it just speaks back to the fact that everybody's spiritual journey is so personal to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know what? You never freaking have to, if you don't want to. Yeah. (laughs) So how did you know when you offered tarot readings and astrology services? So how did you feel, how did you know when you felt ready to start offering those services to other people and start reading for other people? Well, just like how I got into my spiritual journey, I didn't really have a choice. I was thrown into it. So <laughs> I had a friend and I was like you, I could, I would do meditations and I would just have these downloads and I would just tell my friends because I could just do a reading without any tools on the spot. Yeah. And one of my friends was just like, you should get into tarot. And I'm like, why would I do that? And just some convincing, I got my first deck and it was an Oracle deck. So it wasn't even a tarot deck. And I was just like, okay, this is cool. You know? And she's like, great. So next week I'm having a party and I need you to do readings. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just like, wonderful. <laughs> that is so, so cool. Yeah. You know, if you're an extrovert I'm an introvert and oh, I was just yeah. <laughs> And then I got my first tarot deck because I had another friend that was just like, you've been doing Oracle readings for a while here, do this and give me a reading. So I guess like for me, and I guess like the universe understands that like, I have to be forced into a situation in order to do it. I can't just decide because I won't decide. Mm, Yeah. Well, it's great that the universe knows that. And you know that of the universe too. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. Oh my gosh. You were really thrown into it. That's really cool. That must've felt like a total crash course in yeah. reading people. Oh my goodness. Wow. I learned it so quick too. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're reading either Oracle or Tarot, how do you feel that obviously you're seeing the cards and you're seeing those messages, but a lot of information comes through intuitively as well when you're reading cards like that. So how does your intuitive information come through? Like, how do you feel, how does it feel when it flows through clairvoyantly, clairaudiently, like what's, how does your intuition feel when it flows? It really depends. So like, there's like the feeling of peace. So it kind of reminds me of that first meditation that I had where like, you know, I had that whole experience with like the guide and everything. It's that same feeling and it feels very warm. My body always heats up when I'm in a reading for some reason. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, I get more, it's kind of like information, like a knowing. So I don't hear voices or anything. It's kind of just like a thought comes in my head. And then I say it and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, my mom used to say it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Sometimes it could be a song. Sometimes it could be just like a random distraction. Like I'll just be like doing a reading and all of a sudden like a hawk will land on the fence outside my room. Or it could be a movie that might be playing in the background and like I'll just happen to tune in and it will just say something and I'll repeat what the movie just said so just signs all around me numbers literally everything you're able to take everything that's needed from the world and transmute it into one message which is really yeah it's kind of like a strings attached to everything around me and it's just like coming in Something that you were talking recently about on your Instagram page is alchemy. And I think it's mentioned in your bio too. I might, I might have that wrong, but um, can you tell us more about what that is and how it can be part of anybody's spiritual practice? Yes. Okay. So, so alchemy is like this ancient occult practice that seeks to free the soul from its attachment to matter. And the goal is pretty much spiritual transformation. 
So um, originally it was like this occult science that was a pure precursor to modern day chemistry. And it was seeking to transform base metal into gold. But now it's more of a metaphorical type of thing for spiritual alchemy, which is like the base metal, which is just like you starting off your base self and then transforming yourself into that alchemical gold and getting that um, magnum opus. That is really cool. I haven't like, I haven't heard of spiritual alchemy before. But yeah, I think it's so cool. So how can, what, like, what are some, I don't know, like, how do you start with that? And what are some things that you can do to sort of incorporate it? Yeah, so I definitely just say just doing research. Um, Manly P. Hall is a great person. I'm currently reading The Secret Teaching of All Ages, and he touches on that in that book. But also there's videos online. The Know Yourself podcast is actually what my friend recommended. And that's how I got back into it recently before I did that Instagram post. So that, and going back to like shadow work. So pretty much you can actually see shadow work take place in alchemy because like alchemy, spiritual alchemy is like a scientific approach to spirituality and your spiritual journey. So uh, um, let's say for shadow work, you know, you recognize a shadow, you break it down like, okay, this is what it is. That's going to be like calcination, the first step of alchemy. Alchemy. Then you have your therapy, you're understanding the ego, you're doing your inner child work. That's going to be the disillusion where like the emotions are coming up and then you're going to integrate it or either let it go. So say, for example, selfishness, you know, during that therapy, you might have been able to like transform that selfishness into just setting boundaries or something like that. That's going to be like that separation. You can either let like, you know, the bad traits go, you know, like, say, for example, what's something that I do that's selfish, like cutting people off because they said something I don't like, (laughs) you know, something like that. You can separate yourself from that. And finally, you have conjunction, which is a lesser stone. That's going to be the unions of opposite merging, you know, the darkness and the light coming together, which is in my bio. So that's like that conjunction stage right there. So that's just an example. My original thing for Instagram is like the lesser stone. And I think now that like I've done the first four steps so many times, I'm kind of just like, okay, I'm ready for like the next step in the alchemical process. And that's what I'm like transforming my page for right now. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is really cool. This is this is the first time that this is covered on the podcast. So I think that is really cool. If anybody's interest is like piqued by this, I would just say definitely go and follow Bree's page so you can learn a little bit more about that. I love that you mentioned incorporating sort of regular everyday life stuff, just like therapy, regular therapy into that too. I think it's so important to remember that in our spiritual practices, we can fit in regular life stuff and it can be part of our spiritual practice too you know yeah like everything can be sacred there's the sound bite right there (laughs) Ooh, it's so good everything can be sacred I absolutely love that speaking of everything being sacred why do you think spiritual work like this is important so I've been thinking about this one all day To me, I'm going to answer for me. For me, I just want to understand and accept my true self. You know, I have that same goal when it comes to alchemy, which is why I was drawn to it. You know, I want to reach that spiritual goal. I want to reach like that true self. I want to transform because that's very important to me. And I want to express my highest self to help with the evolution of all consciousness because we're all connected. So when I grow, other people grow as well. And that's very important to me, even though I have this issue, you know, like I said, like selfishness and like connecting with others, it all like kind of fits together. So 
that's why it's important to me. And that's why I do the work that I do. That's why, you know, I will, I'm willing to do this, you know, go to school, do all this other stuff, because it's just something that's very dear to my heart. And for other people, what I say is important, it really depends on the person. Somebody can go their whole life without going on a spiritual journey and be more spiritual than somebody that meditates like an hour a day every day and does all this performative stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's just a case by case type of thing. It's just more about knowing yourself and knowing what you need. And that's spiritual because we're all spirits, you know, Mm. when you actually break it down, your spiritual journey is just you having a journey with your inner spirit. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love that. And yeah, what I was going to say when you were talking about why it's important to you, and I love that connected consciousness and all of that mm-hmm. is like, I was, I wanted to be like, yeah, that's like the opposite of selfishness. That's, you know, I feel like that's such, such a cool, I don't know, it's like the darkness and light, like really going mm-hmm. back to that, like you absolutely have both those things in you and you have this amazing higher thought of wanting to move past that. And then, you know, in our daily lives, living is hard sometimes, you know? So yeah, I just, I I absolutely love what you said. That's chef's kiss. Very good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Why is it important to you? Like, why do you do this podcast? Oh, such a good question. One of the main reasons why I started the podcast was because when I started doing this work, I was it, it, I was afraid. I was like, oh, what if I connect with something bad? What if this is bad? Like everybody said it was, you know, I had like a lot of fear around it. And I just started thinking, and once I break, broke through that and started actually doing this work and it was so unscary and so cool, I just felt like there had to be other people who felt the same way. And if I can bring other people's stories like yours and everybody else who's been on the podcast and my own into the light or like into just a more of a knowing so people can just like go and listen and hear other people's stories that they could start connecting in with their intuition too and like start on their own spiritual journey because I totally agree with you and I think it's part of why I do this work and why I think it's important too when I get better like not better but like when I raise my spiritual vibration or when I'm just in a in a higher consciousness and can bring through messages and am trying to make myself better. I think the world gets better, like you said. So I I totally agree. And I think that's definitely one of the, one of the things, one of the reasons I feel like I'm called to do it. So. Yeah. I love how you mentioned how you were scared of it at first, because I completely forgot about that (laughs) and how scary it was. Oh my God. Yeah. It can feel really scary. Yeah. What are, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like what, what were some of the fears that you had when you first started intuitively working with tarot or, and, and just sort of intuitively working with yourself? The same as you where, you know, everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's so bad, you know, all of that. And oh my gosh, like I had to like put it in the bathroom when I went to sleep. Cause like, I was that scared. Like it's going to get in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> And there's like this guilt and I'm just like looking back I'm just like what was I scared of <laughs> I know it's so funny I think I don't know it almost feels like I don't know I think a lot of modern religion will tell you that it's scary so that so that people like us don't access it do you know mm-hmm. what I mean or something yeah. like that I don't know there's something about that that like doesn't sit right with me um and I think there's just so much 
you know, like misinformation about what intuitive people do or like psychics and mediums and like people who work with tarot. I mean, like there's even people who super religious people who think tarot is like the cards of the devils, you know, like it's, you know, so there's definitely a lot of that fear, but we both came out of it. Right. And are like so glad that we're at the place that we are. So absolutely. How, like, what kind of compelled you to keep going when you were scared? Ooh, wow. What a great question. I had this general feeling that it was like an intuition feeling, like this huge feeling in my gut that if I didn't try, if I didn't continue, if I didn't learn how to like control or hone or get my abilities to be um, in a better place that I would just regret it so much. So it was kind of another, almost like a different type of fear. It was the fear of regret that mm-hmm. kept me moving in a forward direction, being like, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. Um, because I know if I look back on this time when I had the opportunity to work on this, when I'm like, what, like 45 or 50, I'm just going to be like, oh my gosh, like I didn't do it. I'm, I, I like saw myself in the future being so disappointed. And so, yeah, I just kept plugging along, but I want to turn that, that question back on you. What, what kind of compelled you to keep going when you had that fear? You know, I don't know. I just have this personality. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Even if I'm scared, I'm just like, well, you know, it's already here. So <laughs> I'm already in it. That. <laughs> yeah, that was basically it. I'm just like, you know, I'm already in it. So if it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> just like complete acceptance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I'm not that. afraid of being wrong. I mean, it is what it is. Mm. And that's so huge in this space because at some points, especially when you read for people, mm-hmm. you're never going to get it a hundred percent right. Yeah. A hundred percent of the time, you know? So being okay with being wrong is huge in this space. Yeah. For sure. And I never hear about people being wrong. I guess maybe it's the people I follow, but like, it makes me question like my abilities sometimes. Cause sometimes I've had readings and I'm just like, you know, it wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't it. That wasn't my best work. <laughs> mm, yes. Uh, and I hate that feeling. I definitely yeah, have had that too, where I'm like, oh, like the connection almost just feels, I don't know. It feels like a little crunchy or a little, like it's just not flowing. Yeah. It's not flowing. That's the perfect way to explain it. And yeah. yeah, I feel like that just happens sometimes, you know, it's just part of it. Yes. Even like as a reader, as someone that gets readings, because I've gotten readings sometimes and I'm just like, I'm not really resonating with this. And I don't really look to the reader. Well, I guess this is just my personality. I don't really look to the reader. I'm kind of just like, you know, I guess the connection wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes when you're reading people, it, yeah, it depends on like their, them, you, and like both of your connections and, and your right. like a triangle, I'm almost seeing like your connection with the person who's sitting for you and both of your connections, like above, you know, and I yeah. feel like, yeah, like sometimes it flows and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that was so easy. And so much mm-hmm. came through and it felt so good. And then sometimes it feels a lot harder to pull through intuitive messages and information for sure. So yeah, yeah it's just part of it. And it's, it's it's a sucky part of it honestly like it's it's not fun but yeah like everybody's yeah and you're right not not a lot of people talk about that on social media so I'm glad we're talking about it now because it like it has to happen to everybody I mean it's just Mm -hmm. impossible that it doesn't you know exactly (laughs) yes I love that you brought that up well it's been so much fun to chat with you I have one last question 
And that is what can someone who's listening right now do in their daily life to open up their door a little bit more to their natural psychic or intuitive abilities? Just start noticing the world around you, asking questions, talk to yourself. You're going to feel crazy at first, but you're going to be surprised what kind of answers come up. Also writing, free writing helps a lot. You can start off by asking a question and then just start writing and just see what comes up. And that question will actually be answered somewhere in that text that you just created. So, and then also learning divination. Yeah. Pick a tool, right. And, and see, see what feels good. What happens. Well, Brie, thank you again so, so much for coming on and sharing your journey and your wisdom. There's so much good stuff in this. I think people are going to love listening to this episode. Thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.